Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by the amazing and wonderful Michael J. Russ. I am so grateful, Michael, that you are my co-pilot on this journey, and I'm your co-pilot on this journey. So uh, I want to say welcome. Welcome to you. Thank it's you. It's always welcome. such a always pleasure. I love it. Yeah, I and you always, you always inspire me. And uh, I had you had sent me a quote, um, and I'll let you read it, but I, I actually had something that I read. And, it, you know, sometimes you come across these things, and it just, um, it, it just touches you. And I wanted just to read it, and it says, The soul doesn't understand the rules of society. It understands feelings and vibrations. It's attracted to what it, makes it feel good and drifts away from what it doesn't. And the person who wrote that, it's the Shifai Dang. Shifai <laughs> Dang. Shifai Dang. But it is, like, the soul doesn't understand the rules of society. It understands feelings and vibration. It's attracted to what makes it feel good and drifts away from what doesn't. And I, I think that that's a really fun starting point for our conversation today because there is so much... Um, in the ether, vibrational energy-wise, that we tune into. Sometimes we're not even aware of it because um, we are really just uh, a, a little ball of energy that's floating in the universe. And what we put out, we create a frequency with. And this uh, reality that we have is really a mirror for what our own vibration and our own frequency is putting out. And so... I always like to put out kindness and compassion and love and peace whenever possible. Sometimes it's real easy to get taken off track and you have to kind of do that pivot point and bring yourself back. But uh, the wholeness and the connection you feel when you do bring yourself back to that state of your truth and your bliss uh, is there's nothing nothing like it. I don't think uh, any Powerball can give you the same satisfaction or inner peace that that being able to do that does. And Michael, I know you are a master at it. You uh, had a wonderful time on your holiday, and um, you know I, I'm curious: was there any points in your 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 weekend getaway where you found yourself? needing to pivot and and sort of shift the energy from or was it all just a wonderful bliss <laughs> well i played three rounds of golf three days in a row so the answer to that would absolutely be yes because golf mirrors life and it's and the courses that we were playing were completely different than what i'm used to playing um they are lots of hills uh the uh where the ball ends up is completely different or where i have to actually take the ball from and and put it to uh are those i'm just it was totally out of my wheelhouse i hadn't been to these courses in three years so it was uh a exercise in mental management let's put it that way uh and the first day probably shot the worst round i've played in oh my god (laughs) years uh, at least uh, since I changed my swing, which were probably about seven or eight years. Uh, a very humbling experience. There were some positive takeaways from it. Uh, however, uh, you know, the score was what the score was. So the next day you go out and you play a different course and you have the same issue. And for me, uh, the, the second court, probably there, there, there's one absolute highlight. I'm, I'm going into, this, into the third hole 
I have put the ball 64 yards, 64 feet, excuse me, from where it needs to be in a little in a little four-inch hole. Wow, and that's amazing. 64 no, 64 <laughs> feet is a long way. I put oh, the ball out. Oh, it's a long out, way. Oh yeah, 64 oh, okay. feet is 18 yards. I, I I walked it off. It was 18 paces. 18 yards. Oh, I'm no. 18 yards away from where <laughs> I I'm supposed to be putting the ball on the second shot. I was uh, I was going downhill. I had to go over a little hump. It had to go left and go right. And I said to myself on the way after I hit that shot, I was the farthest away of four people, and from the from the hole. And I said, I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna make birdie. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this in one shot. I'm gonna get this done in, in one putt. And I went up there and I looked at it and I had to go first. And uh, I said, uh, Jeremiah, let's get this done. Jeremiah is my guide. I said, let's, let's get this done. <laughs> That's and great, Michael. <laughs> I put I putted the ball, and 64 feet later, it went dead in the hole, right in the center, just straight. Boom, oh my gosh, right that's amazing! It was, that's and everyone was looking at it, going, "Wait a minute, hold on a second. Hey, ho, hey, wait a minute. Oh, that is a shot. It boom, right in the cup. So." That was the highlight. I had another one that was about 20 feet, which was also a, a very challenging piece of work. But um, on, the, on the 18th hole, after a very trying day, um, and it, it, then I got better on the third day. I got a little bit better on the third day. If I kept playing, if I kept playing all week, I probably would have gotten a whole lot better because you get used to uh, the uh, the angles and things that you have to hit off. There are various rules you have to follow in order to in order to get the ball to go where you want it to go. And for me. Um, I would say the whole weekend was an exercise in continually resetting my emotional state. That's really what it was. Wow. Because, you know, you really, you know, golf is a, sing- it's, it's a singular sport. It's, it's a solitary sport. It's a sport where you're playing um, against yourself, in, in, in essence, not against other people. I mean, you might be betting one thing happening or whatever, create competition. However, it is you against you. It's you with a club in your hand, you in your mind, willing something to occur, uh, staying positive, knowing that even though the last hole was a disaster, and I had four holes that were absolute disaster scores that I haven't shot per hole in oh my gosh decades. I mean it was amazing. Actually, not decades. We were there four years ago at pre pre COVID, and we would we would go once or twice a year, and those scores eights and tens. I mean these are ridiculous scores on on holes. But you just you make a mistake, you eat it, you, you keep you know you take your medicine, and you keep going, and you say, okay, I'm going to reset, I'm going to reset every hole. You're resetting every shot. You're resetting, and you're in the heat that's uh, probably 100, 102 degrees or something like that. Wow, that is down here. But you're 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 playing outside in the middle of the day. You're sweating profusely, drinking lots of water, and and you're just uh, uh, having as good a time as you can possibly have because you're doing something that you really love, and you have to just remember that. Focus on the good. You know what, though? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hey, I was going to say, you know, what a great metaphor for life, though, if you really think about it, because you've got these hills and you've got these valleys and you've got these you know, things that you can't see, these obstacles, and then you've got all these other things that are sort of unaccountable for that come along the way. And Always. you yeah. you you got to take your position, set your stance, right? And then you got to yep. just have faith and take the swing. And, and that's sort of what it is. Sometimes mm-hmm. we can't map out our lives the way that we think that we, you know, we can set goals, and that's absolutely fine. But yep. there are going to be things in your day that are 
unexpected uh, that you so just you just I really you, you know you can't account for. And I love that you anchored yourself in and you aligned yourself with the your not only your own beingness, you aligned yourself with your guide and said, "Look, let's do this. Like this is this is your soul, and not understanding the rules of society, not saying you're 64 feet away." You can't do this. You're like, okay, you know what? I've got the feeling. I got the vibration. We're going to do this, and we're going to do it together. And that's exactly what you attracted in. So kudos yeah. to you, Michael. Yeah. So that's it, awesome. It, it was a, it was an exercise that um, you know you 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 know you're playing. Let's put it this way: when it comes to life, we're in charge of our emotional state. That's uh, every and your emotional state is a choice. Uh, mm-hmm. something that I always remember. When I'm playing golf, I remember it uh, every second. I remember that that my emotional state determines how relaxed I am, how tense I am, uh, what I'm thinking, what am I thinking, what's going through my mind. Uh, all of these things, you have, to, you have to pay attention to all these little nuances in order to pull off uh, what some people would call impossible. And in golf, everything's possible. There are miracles all the time. And in, in life, there are, uh, there's miracles, there are serendipitous moments, there are, there's luck involved, uh, there's will involved, there's faith involved. This is life. It's, it's what we do. And on a, on a daily basis, we were talking in, uh, about uh, the fact that, you know, when we, we never know when we're going to face a situation where somebody we're close to somebody we care about goes through uh, faces an illness of some particular kind, and we have to remember that that our ability to to correct that illness or to control outcomes is not ours to have. It's, it, we don't have any control. So the question is then, what do you do? And I know that when my dad had dementia for seven years, um, I just focused on the moments where he was lucid enough where we could have a conversation, where he wasn't focused on, you know, short-term memory issues, uh, not being able to remember. You know, if, if he would sit there and ask me the same question ten times, that wasn't important. When he, was, when he was away from that, when he stepped out of that for a moment, no matter how brief, and actually focused, we focused in on the long-term, asking about, you know, things uh, that happened, you know, 50 years ago. He would, he would come back and recite, you know what happened and and how he felt about it and the whole nine yards, and that's what I focused on. The rest of it is just yeah. stuff. It's just it just goes on. We can't get we can't get we're not going to micromanage somebody else. And this is a this is a thing that we as human beings have to understand. Our lives are within our control. We cannot control whether somebody does what they're what they're that they should be doing to take care of themselves now to prevent health issues in the future. You know, right. you can't get a smoker to stop smoking. It's something they have to do on their own. You can't get somebody yeah. to get out and walk uh, to, to, to be healthy if they sit all day. Because, and if they eat the things that aren't really good for themselves that, that ha- are going to have a negative long-term effect, you can influence, you can be a role model. However, it is that person's choice. And this is, I find this in relationships all the time, it, that we want the other person, our significant other, to do what they need to do to stay healthy. We want them to do what we do if we have a focus on health. If they don't do it, we can't let it ruin our relationship. 
We have to mm-hmm. simply, again, be, be an influencer, be a role model, but you can't control, you can't tell somebody else what to do, no matter how much you love them or how much they love you. It's not going to happen. And if you want to uh, have a loving relationship, you must let them be who they are and let them make the decisions on their own and, uh, and let them face the consequences of the decisions. Uh, let them face those those consequences. You can be there to support. However, it's not a I told you so moment. It's a, hey, what are you going to do now? Because the cosmic two by four hits different. Hits, it's everyone at a different time in life. And sure. for whatever reason, right? For whatever reason, that cosmic two by four will, will, will rear its little ugly head. And it's, it's just attempts to, to, by your own guide, to get you back in line with what your soul's vision is for this life your soul has a vision has intentions and when the farther away you go from those intentions the more uh, i'm going to say pain and suffering but the more you'll stumble stumble it's really kind of an interesting thing i was sitting down this morning just thinking when do i feel the absolute best when i am doing anything that's in line with my intentions in life and my soul's intentions is specifically. So I kind of know what I'm supposed to be doing Where at this particular time in my life. This is like phase three, okay, of my life, or maybe phase 10, I don't know. I've had a lot of phases. Um, and I, you know, turning another chapter, I know what I'm, what I'm doing, and I've literally let everything else go by the wayside. So I focus on that, and I focus on how I feel. And I feel awesome when I am focused uh, and doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing that will uh, move me into the next phase of my life. When I do the meditations in the morning and the afternoon, religiously, no matter what, okay, I, ha- I make time uh, to do them. Uh, and if I'm short on time, I still make time. I just say, hey, give me another 10 minutes. You know, i got to do this thing. Um, and I sit and I focus. And I feel awesome. And it's interesting because... We, we wonder why in our lives we're beating, it feels like we're beating our heads up against the wall, uh, working for a corporation, we're unhappy, uh, or we're an entrepreneur doing something that doesn't feel right. We know it doesn't feel right, um, and then we just ignore it. And it could be because it's just not in alignment with what, where we're supposed to be, you know, our, uh, not with our soul's vision, at least. And you will know it when you feel better when you feel good when you feel happy when you feel joyful you'll know oh that's it I'm, I'm i'm following the right track i'm following i'm doing what i should be doing and i i kind of let my feelings be my guide it, it wasn't all that way however in the last 20 years that's really what i've decided decided to do is to let my feelings be my guide and to be aware of how I'm feeling, and this is what I tell most people. Uh, I've told people in my podcast for years, being, being aware of your emotional state is, is critical mm-hmm. for you being able to remain joyful, happy, peaceful, friendly, loving. It's just, it's, it's essential. And I know you <laughs> pay attention to this. And our listeners, if things aren't going right in your life, there's an assessment that has to be made. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Um, Are you doing what's bringing you joy? Are you 
loving your life, just in general, loving your life in general, because that's the beginning of everything. That's where everything starts is if you can say, I love my life, then everything else really starts to fall into place. It's, it's, uh, it, it is really that simple. Do you love your life? Do you love everything about your life? And if you, there's things you don't love about your life, you can change them. And you really right. must change them until you, you can say, yeah, I love everything about my life. I love where I live. Mm-hmm. I love who I, who I hang around with. I love my friends. I love my family. I love my significant other if you have one. I, like, I, love, I love, you know, uh, the, the geographic location. I love my house. I love everything in it. And when you can say that with complete confidence, boy, miracles then begin to happen. The door, everything, everything, the door opens for you. The world is your oyster, so to speak, as uh, my guide puts it. It's, mm-hmm. It is your oyster. And everything else that happens doesn't impact you as much. Things don't impact you. The stuff, the drama, the chaos, the craziness, the uh, uh, the outside influences that are seeking to uh, disrupt your emotional state so that they can take advantage of you. Because that's the world we live in right now. If it were everybody loving everybody, uh, it would be completely different than it is now. But unfortunately, that's not the world that we live in. People have figured out how to um, to put to, to shift your emotional state, make you feel how they would like you to feel so that they can take advantage of you in one way or another, get you to come over to their side, get you to believe what they believe. Um, your ability to reason is is one of your greatest gifts. The ability to you're 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to to do that. I mean, it, it's I know. And recognizing that too, Michael, I think yeah. is really important because, and and trusting because whatever is showing up for you is perfect for you, and really understanding that. And I I want to just go back to something that you said because when you were speaking, one of the things when I uh, in my holistic practice it was one of the greatest lessons that I had to learn was that you can't want something more for somebody than they want for themselves. Wonderful. And yeah. it's really hard to learn that. It was a really hard because in in uh, working with, yeah, it just, you, you always want something really wonderful for somebody. And, it, you know, I would end up getting frustrated and it's like, you know, uh, like offering somebody a, a million dollar lottery ticket and, and then saying, well, you know, I'm not going to win anyway, so, but thank you. <laughs> Toss it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. And it could have been the winning ticket. Exactly. You don't know. You yeah. don't know. And uh, yeah, when I think when you sort of start to understand that, and it, it is, it's a, it's a hard lesson for somebody that has a tender heart. I, have, I consider myself having a tender heart. I always want to try to help. I don't know if that was one of my archetypes uh you know be a healer helper whatever it is and i you know even with the smallest little animal so i have this kitten that i was basically dropped on the doorstep by the mother with the umbilical cord and the placenta right yeah and and here how many weeks later i've named her petunia she's 
She turned out to be a Siamese. I don't know where the heck she came from because there's no Siamese in the neighborhood. <laughs> but she's just a little darling. And uh, two of my kittens have found their forever home, which is wonderful. And the other one still has to go. But it, it's it's a, it's sort of the same thing where you care for something and you love it and then it's time for it to spread its wings and, and go out into the world. And I I think that even... You know, you sometimes you, we talk about social media. We're influenced by all these other things, and I think for many of us, we've forgotten we have that ability to spread our wings and soar and really pursue what it is that our soul came here to do. And however that, whatever that might look like, and you know, for me, you know, part of my my journey is rescuing things. You know, <laughs> whether it be animals or people or, or other things. But I, I sort of trust and allow that to be part of my life. Some people might not quite understand it, but that's what my heart needs. Uh, my heart needs that uh, to feel fulfilled and happy. It brings me joy. It's not always easy. You know, sometimes I lose an animal and it's, it's very painful. Um, but, you know, you just have to you love unconditionally. And and I think that that is part of the truth of who I am, and I honor that, and I allow that to sort of flow into everything that I I do. And um, you know, it, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I you had sent me a quote. I would love it if you would read that uh, quote that you sent me because I think it's so apropos to where we are in the conversation and also where we are. In our, in our journey on the planet right now, time-wise, um, just what's unfolding about, in so many people's lives. Are we about talking about the one that's about, oh, kindness. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, are we talking about happiness is the new rich, inner peace is the new success, health is the new wealth, and kindness is the new cool? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's just... I, someone had sent this to me uh, today, and I, I think it's so amazing um, how happiness being the new rich, uh, inner peace, the new uh, success and health, the new wealth, and kindness, the new cool. Uh, being at the age I am, uh, you know, being on this planet as long as I have, more more like it, I've come to understand these four things uh, intimately, uh, that when you are happy, when you are um, at peace, with yourself and your life, when you are when you're experiencing health and well-being that is born of positive choices and decisions, decisions and choices that that you've made decades ago. The problem with choices that, uh, with health is that we it's easy for us to do something we do today and and not thinking about how it's going to impact us tomorrow and uh, how uh, you know what we what we whether we're eating processed foods, things that are incongruent, putting things in our body that are incongruent with our metabolism really is, I guess, the best way to put it because that could cover a lot of things. Um, and, and we don't have to, you know, adopt one particular, uh, you know, pay, uh, was it paleo or uh, keto or vegetarian or uh, whatever. We don't have to go to extremes in order to make something happen, in order to, to be healthy. A lot of it is what's going on in our head. 
you know, what's going on in your mind is just as important as what you're putting into your body. Uh, and I was telling a friend of mine on the way back from, from the gentleman we played golf with that it's, it's pretty amazing how uh, people simply do not have a clue sometimes. They're not grasping the fact that what they that they're, what's going on in their head has more to do in many cases with their health. If cancer is 90% lifestyle and 10% genealogy, uh, as mm-hmm. I've been told, uh, 90% of cancer, you might, everybody has predisposition to all kinds of things. And it's your lifestyle and what's going on in your head between you know, five inches between your ears throughout your life that can determine whether or not you, any of these things surface. And I like to say, you know, for me, it, 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 it's 30 years ago, I, I just stopped doing things. I don't know I had the presence of mind. It, it, I, come, I think now that it was my, my guy that was telling me, you know, we need to be, we, you know, at, it, at a certain point in life, in the, in, the next, in the last phase of your life, the last third of your life, we're going to be out doing some things. I want you to be healthy doing them. I want you to have the energy, the, the, the vivaciousness to be able to, to, to go out and, and talk to the world or allow me to talk to the world. Um, not going to be able to do that if you're not, you know, if you're not healthy. And I kind of had this presence of mind to say, okay, I'm going to stop doing these particular things. You know, watch, you know, the sugar intake. No more sugary drinks. You know, stop drinking Cokes and, uh, well, soft drinks. Let's just soft drinks. I don't necessarily blame Coke because all of them not that great. Um, anything that has sugar, anything has been processed uh, to the best of my ability, just stop doing it. Go back to draw back to a simpler life. Um, stop eating fast foods. And I've I've done that. And I've told people the other day. I said, you know what? If you stop drinking soft drinks for about a month, when you drink one, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. I totally agree. I haven't been able to drink any soft drinks in years. I just it's not <laughs> be sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, and if you eat fast foods, if you eat fast foods, if you walk into a fast food restaurant. If you don't go for months and you walk in, you're going to you're you're not going to be able to stand the smell. You won't be able to come near the place. And the food may still taste good. However, it's going to taste different because now your taste buds have acclimated to something different. And I, I find it amazing. I find it amazing when I, when I tell people this, you know, the the laboratory is is a great is a place where corporations go to create what they believe can touch you emotionally, touch your taste buds and impact you emotionally. And that uh, a laboratory could produce the taste and the smell of a strawberry chemically. They can do that. And when you see strawberry and you see the word naturally fav- natural flavorings, that's literally what they've done. They've taken the chemical strawberry, the, flace, the, the, the fla- uh, flavor and the an exact flavor profile of the best strawberry you've ever eaten and the smell of the best strawberry you've ever held in your hand. And they can take that chemical and put it in anything, strawberry, peach, lime, whatever. They can do that. And the problem with this is that nature is not perfect. Nature is imperfect. And, by, and, and that's, that's the beauty of it. We are not seeking perfection. What we're seeking is the ability to, uh, to coexist in, with nature 
and uh, with ourselves and with others to coexist and that's when we're when we're looking for perfection it it uh whether we're looking for the perfect there's no perfect friend there is no perfect lover there is no perfect anything looking for them only really leads you to overlook something beautiful that's just right in front of you and that's really my take on things it's like after a while you know you uh the, the grass is never greener on the other side it's just different grass <laughs> it's just different that's a grass. great way to say it mm-hmm. that's all there is it's just different grass you right now it looks different because it's different grass and then you get over there and you go oh this is great you might like it for 10 minutes or you might like it for a year or you might like it for two years but that whoever whatever you went over to, to the new grass uh whatever reason took you there and whether you were tired of the grass you were on or whatever you know it, it never got mowed it, it was it was unkept it never got weeded you know i mean and now you're going over oh, that's perfect grass you know it's perfect grass well it's not perfect there's something about it that you are going to that's be, going to become distasteful after a while because nothing is perfect and there comes back to what we focus on and mm-hmm. What you focus on is what you become, basically. And I live this on a daily basis. I'm so aware of this, so alert of this, to this, that when I wake up in the morning, I ask myself first, other, other than saying, hey, I'm partnered up, let's go, um, what am I focusing on? What am I focusing on today? What am I focusing on in that moment with my significant other, my girlfriend, my partner in life? What am I focusing on about this person? What am I seeing? We can always see the negative in someone. It's easy to see the negative. And everybody's got something about them. Uh, you know, those people who worship stars and celebrities and whatever, they're not perfect. They're just human beings. They're just souls in human form. Let us say uh, they are non-physical beings in human, vibrational beings in human physical form, experiencing a mm-hmm. physical life, having a physical life experience, just like we are. Uh, what gives them the celebrity is... A machine, a publicity machine, gives them that status, that, and then people follow them, and now all of a sudden what they have to say is important, when really they're just flawed like everybody else. There's no perfection. Right. You know, we're all, we all have our own little flaws, and if we're aware of them, we can work on them. However, here's the thing. This is Connect to Love. That's the name of this, of this show. The beauty of that, is that of that name is that love is really the constant whether you're physical non-physical being non-physical living is a, a, a physical life experience or you're a non-physical being love is the common thread that runs through everything it, it binds mm-hmm. us all together what you spend your entire life doing is is disassociating yourself from other people so that you can be an individual you can have a personality you can be different from other people what gets lost in the mix is that the thread that binds us together is love period and it will and we somehow we don't understand that because we're in the middle of you know a life that is that has a lot of pain and suffering uh, poverty um, 
the the uh, you know killings that go on, the drownings that go on, the the, the wars that go on, all those things are the antithesis of love. Uh, they're all here, and I find that. And again, what is it? What we're focusing on? I don't focus on those things. Those things are going to exist no matter, no matter what I think, or no matter what I do. They're going to exist. So mm-hmm. I simply say, let's focus on what I can control, and that's what I'm thinking, and I'm going to act and think, think and act and focus on love that binds us, right, instead of those things that tear us apart. And when the conversation right. drifts to those negative things, I say, look, what... In your life right now, where you're sitting or where you're standing, how does that impact you other than what you're thinking? Unless you're there experiencing it on the ground, it doesn't impact you at all. It's not part of your life. Love, if we all got together as, as a world and started, started focusing on love versus its antithesis, right? It's the opposite of we would make decisions differently. We'd mm-hmm. make different choices. And those choices would be based on something positive, something that binds us together instead of something that doesn't. That automatically creates the shift. We would love the planet more. We would love animals more, like you do and like I do. Um, and we would love, we would, we would make decisions that were positive for everyone, not just for uh, a chosen few. Right. And when it comes down to money or or it comes down to education or anything like that, it's all based, these decisions are all based on something other than love. And the big question is, how can we get there? We've talked about this on the show, at, uh, you know, forever since we started mm-hmm. the show, how we can do this. We've, there's a, the love project that we talked about in one episode. Um, and, and it's all tied together. And I, I know you sit around thinking about this sometimes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I had to laugh because I I was thinking to myself, you know, everybody should trap kittens because (laughs) I found this kitten in the garbage can the other day, and he's tiny and and very feisty, and the mother is extremely wild. I I trapped her, and I had to release her because I didn't have anywhere to take her to get her spayed right away. But um, the other day, and I have, a cage for them because I need to handle them and whatnot. And I picked this kitten up and it was just, it had its claws out and it was hissing at me and it bit my, the, the palm of my hand and it really hurt. And the easy thing for me to do would be to, you know, react in anger and throw the kitten down and, you know, yell at it and <laughs> whatever. Put it uh, back in the... Dad, you know, yeah, I... I picked it up by the scruff of the neck and I looked at it and I said, you know, you don't have too many options in life. You know, if I put you back outside, it's not going to be a nice outcome. I said, this is something different. And I I took it and I wrapped it really tight in a towel and so it couldn't escape. And and I put it at my heart and I kissed its little head and I pet it and, you know, and it's still, it's relaxed now. And it's just, (laughs) it's, it's, Sort of that same thing. It's really easy in in the grocery store. You know, somebody behind you with maybe two items, and you've got a cart full. You know, would you like to go in front of me? Oh, you know, it can just something simple like that is is a small act of kindness that can 
make all the difference. You know, you don't have to. If somebody cuts you off, you just let it go. And, yeah, and whatever it is. Uh, but well, what else are you going to do? It, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you, can't, you, can't, yeah. you can't make somebody come back and apologize or somehow be a better driver. It's just not going to happen. Right. The, the but you don't let gone. it ruin your day either, right? Exactly, I mean, exactly. And it, like you were saying, Michael, I mean, we are, are amazing beings. I mean, the heartbeat itself is absolutely astounding. You think about the majesty of your body and, you know, how you're being brought into this life and just that really the whole magnificence of our whole reality, if you think about it, is really an awe-inspiring you know, and you take, I know you take your morning walks, and when you walk around, like, wow, you, it's so easy to drop into gratitude because you're surrounded by so much beauty, and that's how you bring peace into your life, and, and because you have this really grand awareness, everything is magical in your daily life. I mean, I try to do that no matter what happens, and, and again, it's, you still have things come up, like, whatever it is, somebody saying something that you find offensive on TV or whatever. It, it just not to get caught up in that. And I think that that's what yeah. you're trying to say, that when we really balance the heart and the mind and we're able to be fully present and aware of all of the possibilities that are around us, our experience can be so much different. And that's that's really what it's all about. And as you said, you know, being connected to love as beings of love. And I truly do believe we are beings of love, that there is nothing that we cannot envision for ourselves. And, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, and I, I still have one, but they're not as fun as when, when I was a kid, but I had a kaleidoscope. Did you, did you ever have a kaleidoscope that you played with? And yeah. I would look through this tiny yeah. little viewfinder mm-hmm. and, as I would turn it, the little pieces of glass, the colored glass right. would move, and, and you'd be like, oh, my gosh. And you'd, you'd say to your friend, like, you've got to see this. And you'd yeah. hand it to them, and it would shift just the least little bit, and it would be gone. Right? You'd be going like, but all, what are you talking about? I can't see anything. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? Yeah, I know. I know. And you're like, oh, my God, that was so beautiful. And then you try to turn it back. And it just, it's, it you just, doesn't matter how many times you turn it, it'll never be the same. It was and, meant for you. <laughs> it was meant for you. It, yeah, was. it was. It was. It was meant for you it to was. see. It, 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 nothing mm-hmm. you can do can, and, and if they keep turning it, they'll find, they'll have their own vision, their own experience, and and you won't see that either because it's meant for them. It's really kind of cool mm-hmm. how you can, you can justify that sort of thing. It's 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 beautiful. It just where you come from in terms of. Your, your thinking. Um, I have uh, basically come to understand how a lot of the things I, in, in, in the past 30, even 40 years, have, have um, kind of come together based on where I've been guided to go or what my thinking was, the thoughts I had at the time. Interesting that uh, if if I hadn't made certain choices uh, decades ago, I wouldn't be sitting here on the phone basically doing this show because I would have never met Glenn Brooks. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of interesting, and we have to always remember that that uh, it's not just one decision. There are many, many decisions that we make. 
And when we make those decisions, and, and the only real goal that we should have in our lives is to make our decisions based on love and kindness mm-hmm. and friendly and joy, joyfulness. That if we can do that, we're going to feel really good the majority of the time. And remembering that we, we cannot control what other people do or say if somebody does try to cut us off, it's, hey, it's just they're in their own little world. That's kind of what I say. Mm-hmm. They, they must be in their own little world. You know, uh, I'm okay. I was able to avoid a problem, an accident, but, you know, you hope that they would get it, that they'd understand that if they weren't paying attention, uh, that there's a consequence to doing that. I was coming out of the post office one time. I can tell you this about uh, a couple of years ago. I was coming out of the post office, and I was first in line at the light. And the light turned green for me, left turn signal turned green. So I was, I said, fine. I was going to go, but I stopped for a moment. I, look, I always look to the, to the right and to the left, basically, to see if anybody's going to run the light. And there was a, 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 a woman in a Jeep. She was doing about 45 because that was the speed limit. My light was green. And I just sat there for what seemed like three or four seconds. She came from the right and went right through the light without even seeing it, without even wow. stopping. 45 right through the light. And I could see that she was inattentive. She was doing something else, just going right through the light. And I had said, it would have been easy for me if there are a lot of people who the first thing you want to do is just they're in a hurry and they want to jump through the, the light turns green. Here I'm going. And if there had been somebody in front of me, they would have been T-boned, literally, because sure. this woman had no clue what she was doing. She didn't see the light. She didn't see anything. She was totally unaware. And this is, this is kind of a metaphor for life. We, we, we must remain aware of how we're feeling um, or we're going to run people over with our attitude. Mm-hmm. And that's not really – and this is a double-edged sword. Number one, we shouldn't allow people to make us feel any way at all. That's our, if we make somebody, if somebody makes us feel a certain way, it's not their fault, it's ours. Because we have the power to mitigate what other people do when we understand that other people cannot uh, make us feel one way or another, that we are in control of that power. That is, that is, that is our power as a sovereign being, that we, we're the ones who are in control of our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And that's something that takes a constant state of remembrance, you know, a constant state of awareness. You have to make sure that, that when, you're, when you hear something, when somebody says something to you or somebody does something like that that runs a red light or whatever it is, and either it does or doesn't impact you at the time, we have to remember, hey, I, I can choose how I feel. I can choose the emotions that I'm experiencing at any given time. I don't have to, to succumb to allowing somebody else to dictate what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, or what I focus on, for that matter. And this is how, when you, when you really understand that and start um, acquiescing to that, you, your life can change in many, many different ways. As a matter of fact, instantaneously. I've talked to somebody at work um, that, was, that, that didn't like being where they were, and I asked them certain questions. Why don't you like being there? What are you focusing on while you're there? 
And invariably, they're focusing on the, the 10, 15% of the negative they don't like. I say, well, what do, you, what do you like? Oh, I like this. I like that. I love this. I love that. Why don't you focus on that? Spend the lion's share of your focus on the things you like, the things you love about where you are, and let the other stuff go, because invariably, the, the other stuff they're focusing on, they don't have any control over. Right. They, they, other people, generally. What their boss does, what their workmates do or don't do, um, you know, promises that aren't adhered to. Uh, you know, if you you can always choose to leave and go somewhere else if it really, you know, if it really comes down to brass tacks and wooden nickels, as my as my mother used to say, you can always choose to leave and go somewhere else. And sometimes you're just not happy because you 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 your the vibe that you're having to absorb is so is that you're actually absorbing that somebody else's vibration is so negative that you must literally make a decision to go somewhere else. Um, sure. Find those relationships all the time, relationships or work or whatever. Um, you're putting out positivity and other people are putting out negativity. And sometimes if, if the negative can't over, overpower the positive, then that, what's, that, what's that telling you? Make a different choice. Make a different choice in life. There's no reason you need to sit there and absorb the negativity. You know? Yeah, well, so. and I think that's why I love that quote that you you said. You know, happiness is the new rich, inner peace is the new success. You know, health is the new wealth, and kindness is the new cool. Because we are redefining things. I I think for whatever reason, uh, you know, we've gone through the different decades, and you know, the opulence that was Versailles and all of those things, and now we're focusing on tiny homes and. <clears throat> smaller cars. It used to be like, <laughs> you know, bigger phones. I, you know, then you got like the little minuscule ones. But um, I, I do. I think that people are getting away from the illusion of, on one hand, and then appreciating the balance. I see so many positive shifts on the planet, and I really do believe that people are becoming mind and aware of the beings and that they are capable of kindness and compassion and gentleness and they know what it feels like when that is gifted to them mm-hmm. and shared with others and when they connect with others because there is there's nothing else I think that fills your heart and when we exemplify uh, forgiveness or benevolence or gratitude or, or joy it's something that we remember and and Oftentimes, I know it's sometimes the smallest acts of kindness can make a huge difference to somebody, whether they're in the hospital, which is, you know, I've been navigating through uh, with with somebody in my life that has had uh, too many ER visits the last little while, but it's the nurses that offer the kindness, or can I just get you, sometimes it's just something simple that makes all the difference. Um, and and it does. It can brighten their day. You can have all of these other things going on. It's just that one act of kindness that can really transform. Changes everything. And and I think that that's really how we we leave a, a legacy. And when you think about what is it that you came here to do and what you want to be remembered for, um, I'd really like to be remembered that I was kind. Yes, kind mm-hmm. and loving, and caring, and, loving. Mm-hmm. and joyful about your 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 existence here um you know it's i ask people this, you know when 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 you're gone you're back to your non-physical 
state, you know, with your entire soul and your, and you look back on your life, what would you like to be proud of? Mm-hmm. What would you like to be proud of? And we're not talking about, you know, I gave a billion dollars to charity. I mean, that's easy enough to do. What are the little things? It's always the little right. things that, that uh, the little kindnesses that you, that you paid to someone who needed it at the time. Uh, I'm always cognizant of this when I go out, uh, when I um, speak to people, or when I have to uh, have, I had to go to the, the, the cable place yesterday because I didn't understand the bill and, and um, I, I needed to, to change my plan. And I walk in, and you have a choice. If you're, if mm-hmm. you're upset about your bill, and that's the, the stance you're going to take when you walk in the door, that negativity is going to bounce off everything in the room, and it's going to impact. Other people are going to feel it. I want to be the guy that walks in that doesn't, uh, that, that puts out positivity, positive vibration, because it is more than likely, I know, that a lot of negativity has walked through the door. If, mm-hmm. you're, in the, if you're in the service business, you want somebody to feel good. And, and, and what was it that's, that, uh, I think it was Carol Collins of the collective that talked about the ability of love to, uh, a love, uh, one act of loving uh, kindness can wipe out a whole lot of... She did negative. say that. Oh, yeah. I, that was amazing. Yeah, it, it was an amazing revelation that when, you, when you're around people, when you walk in, into a group of people and you're carrying a positive, uh, joyful, uh, friendly state of being, if that's what you're putting out, that vibration, it can really undo a lot of the negativity that they've, that they've impacted. And that's, that's, what I, that's what I do when I go into these places. I, on purpose, my intention is to be that positive ray of sunshine on that given day. And it's fun because all you do is look people in the eye and say, and be, just be courteous. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate that. You know, and, and yeah, I'll wait. You know, no big deal. Um, and get to the person and thank you very much. Here's my, here's my stuff. You can be kind. You don't have to be, you don't have to lavish people, you know, with, uh, with, with you know, praise and all of that. You just have to be kind. Be the person, be the antithesis of, of, of who they, of, of their normal client that comes in. Because the only reason they're coming in there generally is to change something. Of course, there are people coming to buy things, but there are a lot of problems people have. You know, I don't like their phone system, so I go there in person. Um, I don't like the digital <laughs> box and chat yeah. You know what? I love dealing with a human being. And if I have yeah. the choice of going through a self-checkout line or dealing with a human being, I would love to interact with a human being. Absolutely. It, ma- it makes my day. Even if it's just a short little interaction, uh, yeah. even if I have to wait in line, it doesn't matter to me because it's yeah. important for me to connect with humanity, other people. I, I-, I need that I connection for-, for me. People, you know, people have name tags for a reason. It's really kind of interesting. Um, I don't find a lot of people who actually call people by name even though I, I first if someone's got a name tag on that's the first thing I gravitate to 
I, I look at their name. I do too. And mm-hmm. I call them by their name like as soon as they come in. You know, hey Jacob, the guy helped me yesterday, his name was Jacob. I say, hey, Jacob, how you doing? I need I I got an issue. You know, and I know he can solve it for me, so let's just sit down and take care of it. And he says, Yeah, you know, I mean, they're a person. They're an individual. And and again, mm-hmm. does 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 love rule your mindset or is it something else? And if you can be the love and the light that weaves its way in and out of life, then you're going to find that really amazing things can happen. Tomorrow we've got, not tomorrow, this Sunday, Sunday we've got uh, three servers at one of our favorite restaurants coming over. Uh, we're gathering at a friend's house. We always go to this restaurant. And uh, and the restaurant is closed on Sunday. So a couple of weeks ago we said, you know what, we really want to cook for you. We really want to, you know, oh, come nice? over, share some wine, just enjoy and, you know, come over. If you got a significant other, come over with them. If not, that's okay. Come by yourself. And so we're all getting together to have beef bourguignon, gentlemen's cooking okay. beef bourguignon, uh, French style, uh, for them. And we're bringing different wines for them to try. I've got a couple of bottles. I've got a, one bottle of wine I got specifically for each of them just to take home as a gift. And it's really kind of oh, neat. That's too. so sweet. Oh, yeah. Last time we were in the restaurant... Three of them were standing around us because they weren't doing much. It was a odd day, and we were all talking and laughing together about things, you know. And they're fun people. They're they're there to help us. They're the service. And when we go to the restaurant, make a reservation, I I ask the GM. I say, can this person? Can you hook up this person, this person, or this person to to help us out uh, to service that evening? And we make sure that we treat them well. We tip them well because mm-hmm. we know that they work for a living. Uh, they work. Restaurant people work on tips, and when it's in season, when it's not in season, it's not as busy, and you know they got to go get another gig, um, uh, two gigs instead of one. So, sure. what, whether when you're when you're on the phone with somebody who is, if you're on the phone with customer service, you get you get more done with honey. Absolutely. You get more done with honey. You know, it, it's it is it is an amazing thing to remember when you're well. The biggest challenge is to remember it when you're ticked off about something that just happened. Uh, however, the person you're talking to is simply a messenger. The person in a restaurant waiting on you is simply the messenger. They don't cook the food; they just bring it to you. Now, mm-hmm. there's certain things that they can do, of course. Um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But it, in the end, they are still the messenger. You know, they don't own the business. They don't cook the food in general. You don't even cook, talk to the chef. So treating them badly uh, doesn't actually get you anything. It just it, it, it doesn't get you anything at all. It just makes, it creates this whole vibe that makes somebody else, somebody who's not as aware as, as you are as, or as I am, who is really sensitive to what other people think and say about them. If I could snap my finger and do one thing, it would be, to go to the younger generations, um, Z, X, even millennials, Generation R, whatever's next, and and say, look, no one can dictate how you feel. That's up to you. No one can tell you how to feel. You are in charge of that. You are the mm-hmm. one who determines what your emotional state is in any given moment. You know, it's not, they get into the, it, it, this, the social media and this, get caught up in negative comments 
And I heard something the other day. There was a commercial about um, when a child came home from school, they had their cell phone, and it was an awareness ad about bullying online, that mm. the bullying didn't stop at the border of the school. It, it came home with them because it was on their social media. So they, mm. they, they literally are, are exposed to this somebody else's negative comments 24 hours a day because they're connected to that device and that, that uh, program every day. They don't put it down. So to them, this is their, where, where when I was 7, 8, and 9, and 10 years old, we went out and we got pickup games of you know, flag football or got a baseball to game together with the kids in the neighborhood. Now sure. it's social media. Now it's social media. You don't really meet anybody. And anybody has access. Anybody and everybody has access to your social media unless your profile, unless you you uh, set it up as private and you must uh, you must approve everybody who who uh, uh, is part of your social media, which unfortunately many of these kids I guess don't do because they want as many likes as possible. So anybody right. has access. And it just gets to be crazy. It just gets to be crazy. The, 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 yeah. How someone feels about themselves is up to them. And right. that's what I would say. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and you're absolutely right. You know, we have that choice where we want to direct our attention in one way or another. And you said it, it best, you know, so choose love. Choose that that be your point of personal power. I mean, if, you know, if we all were in that space, wow, you know. And, and that's really where my vision is for the world. I, I like to believe that this is where we're headed, that as we become more consciously aware of love and, and we make different choices, that we are shifting that tide to be something uh, grand, really, really grand. Let's hope. That's all we can do is we can, we can hope one person at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. understands and, and, and thinks and acts from from love uh, and, and makes sure that uh, that is their state of being as much as possible, um, regardless of what happens. But I can tell you, the, the, outside, the outside influences, the outside forces, as I like to refer to them, uh, have, have a lot of skin in the game for um, as far as control uh, to, to, in their attempt to control uh, you and where you spend your money and where you're, you put your opinion. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a challenge to most people if you're completely unaware and alert to the fact that you are a sovereign being that is supposed to be in charge of what goes into your mind and what goes into your body and what impacts your, your, your spirit. It's a challenge. It's a constant challenge. And mm-hmm. drama is real. Um, so is the negativity that's out there and, and how you're allowing it to impact you. Um, right. Yeah, it's uh, the whole world, your yeah. whole world changes. Yeah, you... but you're right. As, as the more we embody love, the more we have a greater capacity to encourage and inspire others around us. And right. Michael, you so inspire me. I'm so grateful that you are able to be a part of uh, this journey with me on Connect Love and so grateful for our audience uh, that join us each week and for Jesse who makes the magic happen. And, oh, yeah. uh, any Thank last you. words, Michael, before we sign off for the week? Yeah, let's see. i got one word here. Um, hate has four letters and so does love. 
choose the right four-letter word, and life changes yes. for you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And until next you time, blessings to you.